So he's got, uh, is it the Daily Wire? Is that what it's called? Daily Wire. So this is like a subscription media company that he created because they're just sort of like anti-mainstream media. That became a big thing, like fake news and F the mainstream media. Well, why don't we create an alternative? The Daily Wire. And the Daily Wire does some insane numbers. It's like only in year three or four, something like this. Very new. And it does over 100 million a year in subscription revenue. Yeah. And have you heard of their their spinoff, Jeremy's Razors? No. <laughs> what is that? Dude, you got to go to this. Dude, I've had a hell of a of a of a day. I'm not going to say who, but check this out. A friend wanted to come skateboarding with me. So naturally, he got a concussion. So I took him to the hospital. By the to, way, did you even get like an hour of skateboarding in or was this like five? I got an hour in. I got an hour in. Uh, yeah. And then he was getting hyped up, seeing me do stuff. He fell, hit his head, take him to the hospital to get his uh, concussion checked out. Turns out while we while we were there, while they were getting the scan, their appendix ruptured. And they get rushed overnight, or they get he, they have to stay there overnight. Get rushed to the a different hospital, emergency appendix surgery. So this head injury basically saved his life. And they were like, "I don't know, like this is just a gift from God, but you definitely could have died from this." Did the appendix get damaged in the skateboard fall, or no? no? It just separately happened to be the same time. Separate. It's just a weird turn of events. Very separate. So that's where I've been. So I'm a little disheveled, but I'm wearing my cool guy jacket now. That's my new thing. I'm going to be the token cool guy. Oh, you could be leather. the nerd. Congrats. Yeah. No, this is real leather, bro. This ain't the this ain't Tesla vegan leather, but I'm in my cool guy outfit. So I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, cool is what I would describe that as. So that's <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, all right. Where where shall we start? Where do you want to start? Are we still... Is Sam still showing up to the BYOB empty-handed, or is he bringing ideas to the table? Where are we at with this whole uh, well, Sam does research thing? I know you started with a doctor's note there, so is that your excuse for why you don't have any topics? We, I just went over a lot of my topics. I was the one who did the topics. Um, oh, you want to talk about your new seed oil-only diet? Isn't that what you told me, that you're doing a seed oil-only diet? <laughs> all oil diet <laughs> dude so like seed oils are all the rage right now is it just in my world we started talking about them and now i'm seeing everywhere people are so anti-seed oils my friend dennis was like screw it i'm only eating seed oils from now on i looked yesterday at the bag of um i was like you know what i kind of want to have one of these little little bag of this little pretzel thing for a second i just let me just check the check the stats on this i was like ah it's not so bad not that not too many calories whatever and I looked at the the ingredients. I saw canola oil on there or something like that. You know, sunflower oil, whatever these things are. And it was a Sam voice in my head that just told me these things kill you. And so I decided I decided to put it down. I drank a big tall glass of water instead. So pretty big, pretty big net win there for me. Yeah, I don't know why it's bad for you, but someone on Twitter told me it was. Therefore, it's true. If it's if it's written down on Twitter or if it rhymes or if it's like a cute phrase, I automatically believe it. Alliterations, rhymes <laughs> or four people. I don't know <laughs> either any one of those three. And I'm in. Let me tell you uh, two things. One, you said something about like, oh, it's beautiful. It's well done. And it reminded me I uh, yesterday I found an what would be an amazing DTC product. Not amazing, like hundreds of millions of dollars, but uh a DTC business that is, I know would just, it would work. It would work really well. It would be very profitable. Um, it, I'm looking, uh, if somebody wants to operate it, I, I'll, I will just simply give you an idea and a playbook and then uh, I'll take my share and we can, we can start this company. But basically it would require somebody who's good at things that are beautifully done. So <laughs> this, I think requires the feminine touch. So I'm sort of fishing in a dry pond here with this, with this podcast, but uh, <laughs> To our four female listeners, if any any of the four of you, you got a twenty five percent chance each here to uh, to step in and take it, or um, to one of our male uh, listeners, if you I don't know see a female today, let her know about this opportunity. I'm looking for somebody who could do something that is uh, the product is beautifully done. It would be a successful D 2 C product. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, you would just need to be good at a couple things, you know, an aesthetically beautiful brand and. Short form video content, TikToks, or getting them made by other people if you don't do them yourself. But easier. All right, you you have me in the palm of your hand. Tell me what it is. Um, I can't tell you on air because I don't want everybody to copy it. I will tell you off air. 
Wait, really? Yes. Dude, this is the lamest segment ever. <laughs> <laughs> is that really it? That's really what you want to do? That's really what I'm going to do here. If it happens, then we can we can reveal it. Uh, and if it doesn't happen, then I'll also reveal it because I have nothing to lose at that point. So just not yet. All right. It's time for a little ad break. Ever wonder what a unicorn eats for breakfast? Okay. I don't actually know, but I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, marketing, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save big on your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, go to HubSpot.com slash startups. I, I was going to remind people, this is usually the segment where I remind people of our gentleman's agreement where we work for you now, but all you have to do is go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. That's a gentleman's agreement. It's called the gentleman's agreement because I can't check to see if it's true. So you just, it's just based on trust. But... After that, lame. I just violated it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's lame. So Damn. if you want to do the gentleman's agreement, we owe you now. I'm but, uh, all, right. I'm the, all right, I'm in the penalty box, but I'm going to fight my way out. Okay, so here <laughs> we go. I tweeted something out the other day that I think is very interesting and reminds me of the Doug DeMauro, a is YouTube creator. Yeah. A, a YouTube creator who's not just going to make money off YouTube ad revenue, but has built a business that they built basically a $50 million plus empire off YouTube. Why did I ask this question? Well, your boy's going to start doing YouTube content. But your boy also wants to make more than $50 million doing this process. And so I wanted to see who has done this before, because I'm not really interested in being a pioneer. The pioneers get slaughtered, right? So I don't want to be a pioneer doing this. I want to be sort of a fast follower. So I was looking for examples, and I got a bunch out of this tweet. I want to read some of them off to you and see uh, what you think about these. First one. By the way, when you tweeted that, I don't know if it's because I know you well or if everyone like could read through the lines here, but it was very much like, uh, tell me what to do with my life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, Hey, can you just, um, can you validate my parking pass here? Yeah. yeah. I, I need some, need something. So first one's right up your alley. More plates, more dates, Love so more plates, more dates. You probably know this story a little better than I do. I didn't know he was doing this because I've watched his videos. He doesn't really pump product as much, uh, or at least in the clips that I've seen. If you watch closely, he does not, not in an obnoxious way. Right. So this guy, Derek, super likable guy. Uh, puts out great content. I'm not even really interested in like testosterone and like steroid usage and something else. You know, occasionally I am with certain athletes, but <laughs> usually not. But I find myself just watching this guy's videos because I like this guy a lot. Um, apparently he's got a brand or maybe two brands. One brand, uh, you know the name of it? Yeah, one's called Merrick Health and the other one is called Gorilla. What's Gorilla it called? Mind. Gorilla Mind, yeah. So Gorilla Mind, if you go to Gorilla Mind, Gorilla Mind is getting... I want to say almost 2 million, uh, between 1 and 2 million uh, visits a month, right? So let's say a million visits a month. I think it's pretty safe that this that this brand is doing about a million dollars a month in revenue. So 12 million a year in revenue on his uh, supplements brand. I think more. I, I would take, the, I would take the, the more on that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, I would say, a conservative estimate. Uh, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was as high as 4 million a month. Um, and supplements are an amazing niche to be in, right? Like, you know, everybody wants to be in the, uh, everybody wants to be in the, in the supplements niche. So, um, so that's great. Just gave you, by the way, two pronunciations of niche, uh, back to back, just to appeal to both, <laughs> both sides of the, of the aisle. You totally redeemed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and then Merrick is this TRT clinic. So they basically do kind of like, you know, uh, help men, you know, stay young. So hormone replacement, hair loss, sexual wellness, all this stuff. Um, this thing's got to be doing pretty well too. And I think they also do the semi-glutide stuff, uh, as well. I don't, did he start this or what? Because it has like 200 employees on LinkedIn. Is he just a partner or he started it? I think he's an equity owner. I don't know if he's the guy, but I think it's, he's, he's so popular that it appears as though he's a, a, a main guy and he's definitely pulling his weight. I know a lot of people who use Merrick health. I don't know anyone who uses gorilla mind. I think gorilla mind's a horrible name for a supplement company. (laughs) Uh, but I trust Derek. I think the branding on this is wrong, but it's interesting. And it's, what's really interesting is like he sells creatine. Do you anything about creatine? It's awesome for one. And number two, it's basically like a, <laughs> it's ba- <laughs> it's ba- <laughs> hey man, you ever heard of creatine? It's awesome. You have about it. Well, <laughs> I, I'm pause there. <laughs> I'm almost positive that creatine is like a commodity. Like it's almost like all the same. Uh, yeah. and, and he's selling it, but he has an upset. Or he has a, he marked it up because it's Derek. Um, but yeah, that's a good example of a creator killing it. And by the way, these examples, I specifically said, I said, you get kicked out of the party if you come here and you say Joe Rogan or Mr. Beast or anything. like it has to be somebody else, like not the 
examples everybody always talks about. So here's here's a couple others. Okay, so here's some that uh, I'll go in order of the ones you know to the ones I think you don't know. So um, another one you know, Kayla Itzines. I don't know how you say her last name. Kayla Itzines, I think. So no, she, I think it's like it's new or something. I think it's pronounced a little bit different. But but if you're if you're one of the four women listeners, they 100% know who she is. There's one Every time woman that knows I tried to is. pronounce like uh, Hermes or something like that on this podcast or like Hermes. Yeah, I was I, 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 I you know I got a lot of shit for that. Um, yeah, one time I heard you pronounce the tahi. You're not exactly <laughs> good at pronouncing pronouncing things. My mouth doesn't fully work. <laughs> yeah, I got a, a thick tongue. <laughs> uh, so she created this app. So she's like a fitness influencer type person ends up creating an app called the sweat app. I believe they sold it for $400 million. So her and her husband or boyfriend, and then they broke up, but they kept building the business together. I don't, I don't know what ended up happening there, but it sounded like there was some drama, uh, $400 million on this exit. So I thought that was a great example of not just saying, cool, I'm going to hold up a detox tea and, you know, get paid $5,000 for a shout out. I'm actually going to create a business off of my following. Um, Mark Rober. So Mark Rober, yeah, he's a former NASA engineer. He makes like engineering videos like, oh, I built the world's biggest t-shirt cannon. I love this guy. He built a, yeah, he's a really likable guy. He's like, you know, the science teacher, everyone's favorite science teacher type of guy. He has a monthly subscription box. I think that does like, it's like a science kit and you're like, you get to build little products yourself. And that's a great idea. Super on brand. Uh, it's 25, 30 bucks. Um, this thing is, I, I think, doing millions of dollars um, a, a year pretty safely. He's got a very, very big following. 23 million, I think, on YouTube. I mean, he's like one of the big guys. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. Um, okay, another one you probably know, Ben Shapiro. So Ben Shapiro is, um, by the way, I'm going to make a little prediction. You don't agree with everything he says, but you kind of love this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts up? Yeah. I'm yeah. projecting. I also feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like his nerd swagger. And he's he's just fast mouth. He just like says things very succinctly and quickly. And I don't believe in most of the things he says. I believe in maybe some of them. He's pretty religious, uh, and I'm not into I'm not into religion. But he says a lot of stuff that I'm like, dude. Just the fact that you came with that like pretty brutal reply so quickly, I respect you. Yeah, it's like a rap battle, right? Like you just <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, whoever kind of insults the other person the fastest and the best wins. And uh, he does not have a thick tongue like your boys uh, do. No. So, so he's, he's got that thin tongue. <laughs> yeah, he's good, man. So he's got, uh, is it the Daily Wire? Is that what it's called? Daily Wire. So this is like a subscription media company that he created because they're just sort of like anti-mainstream media. That became a big thing, like fake news and F the mainstream media. Well, why don't we create an alternative? The Daily Wire. And the Daily Wire does some insane numbers. It's like only in year three or four, something like this. Very new. And it does over a hundred million a year in subscription revenue. Yeah, and have you heard of their their spinoff, Jeremy's Razors? No, <laughs> what is that, dude? You gotta go to this. So go to it's just Google like Daily Wire Razor Company. But so basically, uh, Dollar Shave or Harry's Razor was one of their spots. So basically, Ben Shapiro's conservative or he's right wing, whatever he's you call him. And so naturally, like the left hates him. Um, and the right uh, loves him because they feel like they're being canceled all the time. And so Harry's Razors was one of their biggest or big advertisers, and they bailed. They, you know, said, you know, we're not going to associate with Ben. You know, you're screwed up. And so the founder or, or one of the co-founders and CEO of The Daily Wire, his name is Jeremy. And so if you go to Jeremy's Razors, you'll see the website. And they made this crazy video where they just said, like, it's actually pretty hilarious, regardless if you agree with them or not. But they created this video that's like a hype video, and it was launched nine months ago, and it has 22 million views. And they're selling millions and millions of dollars. They basically just took the Harry's Razors. Genius. like it, It's pretty Genius. much their, their oh site is identical to Harry's Razors, but they just call it Jeremy's Razors. And it's like, <laughs> and the picture is this guy who's he's like smoking a cigar. It's basically a big middle finger to, uh, to Harry's razors on the about page, it says Harry's and the daily wire had a deal. They paid us. We advertised their razors. But after we said that boys and our boys and girls are girls, they publicly condemned our views as inexcusable uh, and misaligned. And you know what? Uh, you're damn right. Our values are misaligned. We value truth and the right to speak. We embrace masculinity and the courage to uphold it. And so that's like their whole shtick. It's us versus them, regardless of what you feel about that. If you think it's right or wrong, very, uh, they, they capitalized on something and it's, and it's doing well. This is so good. This is, uh, wow. This is an amazing, amazing little case here. The video that's the like ad, the launch video for this 
it starts with a, it's like, it's like professionally made. And basically it starts with like, you hear like a, a car and you're in a parking lot and it shows like the parking signs. And it's like, um, you know, the daily wire. And then it says God King and a guy pulls up in a McLaren and he gets out with a, like a blowtorch and he goes inside and just blow torches a bunch of like Harry's um, like merchandise and just sets it on fire. And it's like uh, such a such a smart thing to do to take this like great business model. Right. The the classic kind of Gillette, you know, um, razor cartridge model. And then just be like, no, this is the one done by by us for us. Right. Like, um, yeah, th- that is so smart. And I feel like that just opens the door for them to do this in five other categories. Yeah, it's a very, very intriguing uh, case study of what these guys are doing. So, yeah, that's a good one. Like, can you write the word Jeremy on a stick of deodorant? Yes, you can. All right, great. Can you write Jeremy on a, in a tub of toothpaste? Great. Yep, you sure can. Uh, what else can I write the word Jeremy on? That's not, There's now a guy running around grocery stores being like, we can write Jeremy on that. We can write yeah. Jeremy on this. Oh, my God, guys. The opportunity is massive. Yeah, they're like, hey, Republicans like sunscreen. Let's do that. Right. White people get sunburned. This is yeah. going to totally work. Yeah, interesting case study. All right, what else is there? All right, everyone, a quick break because I want to fill you in on a little experiment that I'm doing. I've got a new project. It's called MoneyWise. It's a personal finance podcast for high net worth people or young people who are on their way to becoming high net worth. When I made a little bit of money, I didn't even know how much money I should be spending each month. Should it be 10,000, 30,000, 50,000? And I didn't really have a lot of people to ask. So I created a podcast called Money Wise because I wanted to figure out what are some of the things that people who have a lot of cash and who have a high net worth, what do they do with it? The first episode is with a friend of mine. He sold his company for $200 million when he was 31 years old. He gets super transparent about his monthly expenses, his portfolio, how it impacts his happiness, everything. And so I want you guys to check it out. It's called Money Wise. That's one word. You can find it on my Twitter bio. I'm the Sam Parr, or you can just type in MoneyWise on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. All right, back to the pod. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about the HubSpot Podcast Network. If you like podcasts like this, you should check out some other cool podcasts. One is called Business Made Simple. It's hosted by Donald Miller, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. And what he does is he makes it easy to take the mystery out of growing your business. There's an episode that you should check out called What you should put in a job description to get the perfect hire. And in this episode, Donald Miller looks at the whole hiring process and how important it is to emphasize both the, the positive attributes and the drawbacks to future candidates. And you'll learn why being self-aware as a leader will help you avoid hiring disasters. So check it out. Go listen to Business Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so then there's kind of like the Emma Chamberlain, but a lot of people talk about her coffee thing. People know that. Um, uh, Pat McAfee. Killing it. You know, he kind of did, he did a hundred, a four year, $120 million deal with FanDuel for his NFL show, which is pretty insane. Um, that's like a, a absolutely insane, like brand deal to pull off. Okay. Then there's some others that I hadn't even heard of. So he's also the host of like WWE. Do you know that he's like an announcer there? He's kind of cross. I went down a very deep Pat McAfee rabbit hole one night because I was like, I think I love this guy. He's amazing. And I was like, I'm doing this for the pod, this research. And then. Three hours in, I was like, this isn't for the pod. This is for my soul. Uh, I just enjoy this, this watching this whole journey. And I was also like, I don't think there's even a story here for the podcast. I just think I really like this content. And I am uh, and I never talked about it. I just did, did three hours one night and I just never brought it up. <laughs> there was one time where I thought about our setup and I'm like, we should do it standing up because he stands up when he records. And I love it. He also wears a tank top, which I know you love. Yeah. So win-win. <laughs> um, all right. So here's some others that I didn't even know who these people are. Danny Austin. Do you ever heard? The, have you ever heard of this person? No. Okay. So she created a brand called Divi and it's basically scalp care for women. So she basically took a problem in her life, which was, I think maybe like uh, as she was aging or postpartum, maybe she was struggling with hair loss, which is actually pretty common for women to struggle with hair loss. Um, like I know my wife, like after we had every time like you, you go kind of like after you have a baby, uh, like your body's just producing whatever different hormones and there's like, they all like complain about like, you know, their hair thinning or hair loss. It's a very common thing. So anyways, um, she creates a brand or she first was just talking about the struggle and then she stole the solution. So her content was everyone's like, oh my God, Danny, so vulnerable, so authentic. Oh my God. So like, I'm so glad you're speaking up on these issues and like, you're a beautiful queen. You're so beautiful. This is like, don't worry <laughs> about it. And then she sold a solution, which was like the scalp care thing. And she did $20 million in the first like 10 months or something. Crazy. That's crazy. So it just like took off right away like a rocket. Um, so I like that one. There's another By the one. way, do you ever watch dandruff videos on TikTok? That's like my favorite type of content of people just like flaking off dandruff. You ever do that? 
You want no? people like popping zits too? Dude, because I got crazy dandruff. If I like itch my head, there's going to be a snow day. I'm always looking for like a good, a good dandruff shampoo. And I love watching dandruff videos on TikTok. It's a yeah. huge niche. Don't wear black around Sam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not good. <laughs> um, so there's this woman named Mindy McKnight. This is another cool example. So she started a brand called Cute Girl Hair, where she was because she was just doing hairstyle. Love Her that YouTube, name. YouTube, yeah, great name. Honestly, amazing name. Uh, yeah. She was making YouTube content of just doing hairstyles for her girls. That's cool content. Oh, here's how we do this hairstyle. Here's how we do this one. Um, it's kind of like, you know, what your big sister should have taught you or something like that. And uh, I think her story is like she has five kids. I might butcher the story because I just I don't remember. it. This was like a couple of weeks ago when I saw this. But like, I think she's got five kids or something like that. And they all have different hairstyles or textures. They may have adopted or something like that. And so. She's like her content is showing like this wide range of like hairstyles and how you can make them all look cute no matter what your hair is. Right. That's great. She does a launch with Walmart and it's the second biggest launch with Walmart. She just they're doing nine figures in sales. So over 100 God million damn. in sales. Um, and her YouTube channel has five and a half million uh, subs. Um, her twin daughters have YouTube have a YouTube channel with seven million subs. Right. Like this is just kind of insane how big that launch can be when it's like total alignment between creator their personal story their content and then their product once they have the distribution and so that was pretty inspiring to me i, I really like that and now uh now i have a good excuse to spend all day just making fun content for free and being like don't worry one day this is all going to become actual like this will this will be real work this right. is not just me getting to play around and like you know be on youtube all day all right well what else is there i mean cute girl hero great name what else you got? Uh, well, okay, I just gave you seven, but like we can keep going if we if we like. Uh, oh, I thought you had a few. I, there's one one guy that I find very fascinating that I saw someone mention one? on your thing. Guzman, his name. I, don't, I didn't know who this was. A lot of people mentioned him. So Guzman, he's I guess a fitness influencer. He's got athlete or something like that. Athlete. Yeah, his. I don't know if his niche. I think his niche is like Texans. I think he's Hispanic, so I think he has like a huge Hispanic following. But basically, basically, he's like a rip a rip guy. But he like has like weaved in his family into his content. So you like know about his life and he's like a family guy. He launched something like a 50,000 square foot gym called Alpha Land. Uh, so probably not in your wheelhouse, but it's called Alpha Land. And uh, they have it's a sister like, branch for beta dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we go there to yeah. watch what's going on in Alpha Land. Yeah, is, there like a, is there like a gymnastics like a part of that? Stream. Uh, <laughs> we, stretch, we stretch and watch other men work out. <laughs> yeah, it's called Alpha Land. It's like a 50,000 square foot gym. I forget where it is, San Antonio or Houston or, or Dallas or one of those folks. One of those places where you'd expect an Alpha Land. And, yeah. uh, and he also has a clothing line. And I think he's killing it. I think he's doing a he's big business. Right. I, I like how you acted like you hadn't been there or don't have a membership. But like, we know. <laughs> um, uh, OK, yeah. So this is my these are my 50 million dollar creators. And uh, all of these people, I think, have built off of their YouTube content, uh, you know, an empire that's easily worth 50 million or more. Uh, you um, you pr you made fun of me for not preparing and you pr prepared that list. I think I knew more about all of them than you did. Yeah, because you're you're like a real consumer of content, <laughs> and, um, right? Like I'll be like, oh, uh, they use this technology in this music video. You're like, yeah, I love that music video, and I'm like, I haven't watched a music video, and it, it, it literally, it, it's been 17 years since I've watched a single music video. <laughs> I went to your house, and you just had music videos on TV on loop. And you're I like, love yeah, music videos. <laughs> I was like, this I is what you watch, and you're like, I oh, just leave it on. Yeah, I love music day? videos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just i ran out of questions because i was like wow this is just a different thing that just doesn't happen in my world no um, i watch music videos constantly so yeah that's one of the ways i know about stuff also my wife is a little bit younger so she just turned 30 so when we were dating you know only a couple years ago she was like in her 20s. okay yeah it, well hey <laughs> i said younger than me and she's got a younger sister so i'm kind of i'm i got my toe in the cool kids market yeah you like you see people you leave the house you take supplements you watch music videos you watch movies <laughs> you read biographies you do a lot of things that like you know i simply don't do i'm like a i'm just like a heat seeking missile for like what's the interesting story and then my stories are typically like uh did you know that there's this and then for most normal people they're like yeah i love that i love their channel you're been watching like mark over for years you're a know. potato what you see is what you get. You can pull the skin back a little bit. It gets something new. I'm <laughs> yeah, like you're an, an onion, onion, bro. There's layers. <laughs> There's lots of layers. It goes all the way to the core. The layers don't stop.
Yeah, but French fries are made out of me, and I think that that's kind of a win. Dude, all right, let me tell you something interesting. And this is more so, I want to put this on record, that I brought this up about two years ago. But have I remember when I told you about the company Bring a Trailer? Yeah, yeah. You said um, you said you were talking about um, car companies or auction companies or something like that, and you were like, "Dude, there's this thing." You've been told me that this is like a, lo- a long time ago, four a years, a long ago, time ago. You were like, "Dude, there's this thing called Bring a Trailer. It's sick. You can just buy a car on this auction thing." I don't even know how it works exactly. You're like, it started by this guy Doug, De- Doug Demore. No, you're, you're confusing two things. And, oh, no, and, it was and, the guy from uh, Inbox or whatever, right? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was started. The main guy, I forget his name, Nathan. I think the the non-main guy, but also co-founder. I think his name is Gentry Underwood, and right. he started uh, this company called Mailbox, which is like an email thing that sold for. Uh, reportedly $100 million to Dropbox like before it even launched because it built up such a huge wait list. And it sounded like a cool product. I don't even think it got launched. But anyway, it's this website called Bring a Trailer. And if you go to it, it just looks like almost like a blog. It's it's fairly unsophisticated. Honestly, I think it's WordPress. And what they do is there's this neat niche of car enthusiasts who like things from like the 70s to like early 90s, which like your jacket. I, I don't like my jacket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like my jacket. And <laughs> It started out small, but it sold recently, and it was recently-ish announced that they, last year, in the trailing 12 months, sold something like $1.2 billion worth of cars in one year, and they made something like $100 million in net revenue with like 80 employees. And you go to their website, and it's so basic, and people love it. And there's this guy named Doug DeMauro who has a YouTube channel where he reviews all types of cars, and he does it just with an like an iPhone. And he like always has like... Have, you know, like a bacon collar. Have you heard of a, a bacon collar? It's like where you wear an undershirt on your on your shirt in your white shirt. The collar's all like shuffled, or like the 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 white sleeves are like coming down below your polo. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so your undershirt is showing. Is that the idea? Yeah, where you're like under like he's like it's like where you're wearing like imagine a guy wearing cargo shorts and like an old <laughs> navy t-shirt with like a Hollister polo above it, and like you have a bacon collar. Like he just to- looks totally dishuffled. It's incredibly unprofessional looking. Okay, okay. I got the definition. Shirts that have a wavy neck due to being stretched out or from improper care. Yeah, it's just like it's just like uh, the very typical. This like, is how uh, all my shirts look. Dude. Yeah. You're a bacon collar guy. So that's what this guy is. He, Doug's a, a, a bacon collar guy, but he's hilarious and he's lovable and he's likable. And he's built this YouTube channel like he'll review like a two million dollar Ferrari as well as like a thirty thousand dollar Honda Pilot. And it's pretty hilarious. He's got three or four million subscribers on YouTube now. I told you about two years ago, maybe I forget when, maybe three years ago, he launched this new company called Cars and Bids. And it's very similar to Bring a Trailer. And so I predict that this is actually going to be a multi hundred million dollar exit. And I want to make my prediction there now that that's going to happen. But what's really interesting here is curated auctions. I think that's very fascinating because the reason it's fascinating is if you go to eBay, have you been to eBay in the last like five years? I have not. Dude, no, like not a lot of people do. Of course, a lot of people do, but like not a lot of people do. And it's because it's one of those things. No one goes there anymore. It's perfect description. It's got like 100 million visitors. You don't know any of them. (laughs) Yeah, it's too crowded. No one goes there anymore. Um, And so it's one of those things where like you go to eBay and you you like that one. It was really the timing that I enjoyed there. (laughs) You go to eBay and you get overwhelmed with options. And there's a couple of businesses that i've been looking at where i'm trying to think of what a curated auction could be because i think it's like i think it's cool and it feels it's just a beautiful experience you know that's what we that's our phrase it's just a it's delightful like an auction, but it's just beautifully done yeah <laughs> it's, it's just, beautifully just done really well done <laughs> anytime people can say like handcrafted or like ultra premium uh that's what this is and i really have been digging this i invested in a company that is doing this for homes because i've been looking at like what are big ticket items that people will buy online that they previously didn't, but they will because it's more well curated. So like, for example, we talked about, uh, I can never say it right, but Hodinkee. We had Kevin Rose, the founder. They sell like, you can buy like a $40,000 watch online and they do a really good job of editorializing it. So I've been thinking, what are other categories where someone can buy something online that's 30 to 100,000, even a million dollars plus, but if you curate it nicely and you 
describe it nicely with beautiful photos. So in the same way that Airbnb, I don't know if you know this, but they used to send out photographers to the really nice listings because they're like, we charge a thousand dollars a night with better pictures. You can charge fifteen hundred dollars a night. So it's worth worth it to us to help you make your shit look better. What else is like that that these curated auctions can can work at? Because I think they're really, really cool companies to, to, to run. And they're really hard to break once they work. Once they work, it's like the people working there, you guys are important, but like the community right. has taken hold. You, you, are, you are just a, um, uh, you, uh, you're just there to, to help the community. It's no longer your business that you're pushing down people's throats. Golf equipment. Golf equipment? Golf equipment. Really? How much is an expensive? <laughs> how much? Wh- why do you say that? Well, you have an enthusiast market. You have a kind of like a knowledge gap of uh, which one should I get? What's better? What's worse? Blah blah blah. You have a super premium price point, and I think a golfer over the course of their lifetime is going to spend, you know, probably upwards of ten thousand dollars on equipment. And I think that so because I think because I think the the thing you want is like cars. You want a high ticket, right? You need you need a high ticket. You need a bil- ability to drive high ticket customers to something. And so I think that's one where people will nerd out on the content and um, and get there. But I have other. This, what you said, by the way, is a perfect lead into two things I want to talk about. Wait, let me say mine. Livestock. Livestock. Like animals? Hell yeah, dog. Dude, my, my, so listen to this. My cousins, they're, they're cowboys. So they buck uh, bull. They, <laughs> it's called, <laughs> if you ask them what they do, they'll go, I, I buck bulls, which means <laughs> they live in rural Oklahoma. And, and when I went to their house once, and instead of like, it was a Thursday night, and instead of going to like the community softball game, we went to the community rodeo. And there was only like 20 people in the stands, but they are practicing their rodeo, which is basically you get on a bull and bulls are mean. Bulls want to kill you, even if they, even if you raised them. They're just like mean. And they get on these bulls and they buck them off. And the bull, the person who stays on the longest gets a prize. But the bull who bucks the hardest based off of like judging wins a prize. And some of these bulls cost 50 grand. My parents bought into a bull for $50,000 <laughs> and they get a portion of the like the offspring, like the 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 sperm that they they sell, and they get a portion of the winnings from the bull. And Is these it a good bulls, investment? they make money off of it. Yeah, and they so like they what own, kind of money are we talking here? What, what did it do? The return's not like that great, but like you like I don't know, you get a couple grand every once in a while, so it's like not that great. And like the bull can like break its leg, and you're screwed. But but like should, just we, getting, should we go have these on a bull? It, it is pretty interesting to own a bull. But it's a it's a it's a huge sport in certain parts of the country. My cousin went to college on a scholarship for buck and bulls for being a rodeo guy. And so and all these folks, they 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 it's cash. So they'll come to the rodeo with like 10, 30, 40 grand in cash. And they're like playing right there on it. It's very fascinating. <laughs> Have you never been to a livestock auction? Sure haven't. Um, Dude, it's dope. But it's I do awesome. think I do think we should go have these on a bull. Uh, if there's a bull dealer in the audience, uh, hit us up. We are uh, we're in the market for one, uh, and we'll live stream our our, our bull purchase. Um, yeah, this is great. Okay, uh, okay. So livestock, that's one. Yeah, sure. I like that. Our software is the worst. Have you heard of HubSpot? See, most CRMs are a cobbled together mess, but HubSpot is easy to adopt and actually looks gorgeous. I think I love our new CRM. Our software is the best. HubSpot, grow better. All right, I think I've kind of done this, but I went even deeper down this rabbit hole. So I got to bring him back as a new Billy of the Week. A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. The new Billy of the Week is an old Billy of the Week. It's Sam Altman. And you would think, Sam, what, uh, Sean, what, you know, you got nothing new to say here. What is Sam Altman? We all know Sam Altman. We've talked about Sam Altman. Dude, Sam Altman's, Sam Altman's onion status. He's got layers. Um, okay, so I want to read you some of the interesting. I went down to Sam Altman uh, rabbit hole last night. Here's why. He did an interview, and I was, I was watching well, it. Well, you got to explain who he is for the nudes Okay, out there. for people who don't know who Sam Altman is, He's uh, like an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley. He created one company, didn't go that far, called Looped, uh, sold it for 40 million bucks. Then he, but he had, he went through Y Combinator, the big accelerator down here. When he was like 19. And the founder of, of Y Combinator was super impressed with him and kept him on as a partner and eventually named him president of YC, which is like 
one of like, it's like being named the Dean of Harvard after being a Harvard student because the Dean thought you were so special. And so that's literally what he did. He became the, the president of YC, grew YC. He then created, he then created the nonprofit OpenAI. He then left to go work on OpenAI. OpenAI is now behind ChatGPT, which is like one of the fastest growing like tech waves that's out there, basically an artificial intelligence um, platform that's, I think they launched ChatGPT chat gpt and i think got 10 million users in like 10 days or something ridiculous like that it's worth 40 billion dollars uh, the company's the worth market. you know somewhere between 20 40 billion dollars now and uh he's the you know the leader of that thing too plus he's a prolific investor was an investment much things all right so i got some of those facts coming but that's and most people know sam altman i'm not bringing up a surprise if you listen to this pod you probably know who he is okay but here's some of the things i didn't know um I was listening to this interview and they go, um, you invest in this fusion company. And I'm thinking, okay, fusion, I still don't know what the hell that is, but I know smart people talk about it. Okay, great. And they go, uh, you led the investment. Okay, that's fine. He led the investment. You put, you wrote a $375 million check into Helion. Uh, and I was like, what, you know, like rewind. What, what did this person just say? <laughs> and I literally went back and I re-listened to it and I was, and, and I was like, oh, I didn't know Sam Altman has like a giant venture fund. Like uh, surely he's not writing a $375 million check himself. As far as I could tell, that is what he did. He wrote a $375 no million dollar check himself. And that got me down this rabbit hole of where did, how did Sam Altman get so wealthy? Uh, because I've heard several stories now. So for example, when he started open AI, or even when he was president of YC, he donated $10 million to um, a, re a science research, uh, like um, a project that he created, right? Like a science re research nonprofit. To donate $10 million means you got a lot more than $10 million. And at that time, I was like, how did he get $10 million? Because again, his first startup, which he was like, whatever, 18 or 19, sold for $41 million. Out of I, that, I, he said that he got $5 million. So somehow he parlayed $5 million and in a very short amount of time, about four or five years, was now donating $10 million. So that was the first oh, thing. Oh, wow. It was that short? That didn't make sense. And I was like, okay, so he's, you know, this is now, you know, maybe six years max later. Okay. Then what else did he do? He also um, donated to, you know, when he started open AI, but they didn't say how much. And then this $375 million check. So I started going back and trying to figure out what's going on. So starts looped, sells it, nets about $5 million from there. How he, old was he uh, at that $5 million? Like 22, 23? Yeah, something like that. I don't have the exact timeline, but I think he's in his young, early, early 20s is, is pretty safe to say there. Um, he then uh, starts investing in startups. And so he's investing in startups. Second investment is, drumroll please, the best investment of the decade, Stripe. So he's one of the first investors in Stripe. Um, that was his second investment. And, and there's this like thing that I've noticed, which is... Uh, in D2C brands, they call your first kind of like couple months um, your golden cohort. It's like, I noticed this about our customers and my, my e-com brand, but I noticed this across many brands, uh, which is your first, that first batch of customers you get, for some reason, their LTV is way higher. And it kind of makes sense because it's actually like the people who immediately get it with your message are willing to adopt your thing before you're a big brand. They probably really have the problem or they're heavy enthusiasts. Um, there's, some, there's the equivalent thing in investing. For some reason, it's very common for people's first sort of five to 10 investments to do extremely well uh, in the world of angel investing. When you're for, for great investors, often their best hits come early, like uh, Chris Saka, who's one of the best early stage investors of all time. His er, one of some of his earliest investments were basically, you know, the combination of Twitter, Uber, Instagram, you know, things like that. And they came in kind of the first 10, 15 deals that he did. And I feel like that's the only stuff he did. Like those were the hits and then he, everything. He did so well, he retired, right? He right. became a billionaire and essentially retired from the game because he was like, well, my first fund was like a whatever, 6,000 X. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> um, Sam said that in his first 40 deals, um, at, that, at that time, he had invested in 40 deals. Um, it was two years in. And he said that uh, five of the companies were doing really good. And then it was like, what's really good mean? It was over a hundred X. So like, so what's that? By the way, that's not really good. That's ridiculously good. So what's a, what's a $50,000? How big of it? Maybe 25,000. What's a hundred times uh, 25,000? Well, you're violating the no public math rule, but is that 2.5 or 25 million? So 50,000 turns into 5 million for a hundred X. Wow. Okay. And so you, know, you stack five of those. That's, that's pretty good right off that. And I was like, okay, where do you get all this money? How was he doing all these deals? Was he just 
investing out of that 5 million. And the reality was, yes, he was investing personally, but um, I texted a friend. So I was like, yo, I'm looking up Sam Altman. Like, where how, did he write this check personally? How did he get all this money? And this is somebody else who's young, smart and friends with Sam and that crew. And he's like, I think it was, I think this check was personal. This $375 million check. He's like, I think so, but it might've been an SPV. And I was like, um, I was like, dude, I feel like there's like some underground, uh, you know, like teen prodigy thing where like, there is, if you're, if you turn 18 years old and you're like a phenom, Peter Thiel just gives you a hundred million dollars. And I was like, I was laughing and I was like, you know, I think you're in that club too. And he was just laughing. He's like, oh, yeah, Peter does actually back it. So I go and I Google it. Sure enough, Sam Altman, right after he saw his first thing, raises a $21 million fund from Peter Thiel. <laughs> this there like 100% a- is, dude. I know a few of these prodigies. There is. There is a club. They exist. So people talk about like, uh, like you know, oh, it's just a, it's, what do they say? Uh, you know, it's that boys club and I can't ever break into it. Unfortunately, that's true. It's real. They exist. <laughs> you and I aren't in that club. Maybe we have our own club, but these type of like elite clubs, they're real. They're 100% real. So somebody said something. They were like, you know, Sam, they were asking Paul Graham, I think. They were like, what's what stood out to you about Sam? Because from the very beginning, I've talked about this before, from the very beginning, I think 2007, 2008, Paul Graham wrote a blog post about like, who are the five most impressive people he's met in Silicon Valley or who, who does he admire or look up to or whatever. And it was like Steve Jobs, Larry and Sergey from Google and Sam Altman. And it was like, what, one of these does not belong. One guy invented Apple. Another guy invented Google. Who's this kid I've never heard of? And he was like, um, when I talk to Sam Altman, I think, oh, this is what it would have been like to talk to Bill Gates when he was 20 years old. And I was just like, what an epic call for a guy who's now gone, gone on to do some pretty amazing things. There was a story I'd never heard, though, or two stories I, th- that I thought were pretty remarkable. Um, I think there was a situation where at his school, when he was in high school, there was a protest from like the Christian or Catholic, you know, some, some protesters that were like, you know, uh, protesting the I forgot exactly what it was. He's, it was he's from my hometown. It, it, he probably went to, a, he's from St. Louis where I'm from. And, uh, he, he, it, he went to a Catholic school. I, I, if I had to bet, I think it was a, um, I don't remember exactly what the, what the protest was, but it was like, uh, you know, uh, oh, here we go. So basically, um, a Christian group boycotted an assembly about sexuality. So they're going to have an assembly about sexuality at his prep school, John Burroughs. Yeah, John Burroughs in St. Louis. And so Sam Altman basically takes the mic, announces that he's gay, and then asks the school whether they want to be a repressive place or a place open to different ideas. Baller. And, and then baller, baller, right? And then the <laughs> college counselor goes, what Sam did changed the school. It felt like somebody opened up a big box and then all the uh, and then all kids of all kinds got to be let out into the world. Like, you know, it, it just kind of like he drew a line publicly. That's a really good uh, way to describe it, by the way. And that is that is just an amazing story. I love that story. Um, he also talked about like, OK, I want to read you some other amazing quotables because this guy's kind of remarkable. And we just respect people who kind of like what you say, let their freak flag fly. That people who just like do life their way. And their way happens to be different than like the, the conventional the, way. The craziest thing that he did was he did a speech about announcing something big and he wore two double pop collars that were pink and green. Yes. I love that guy. I saw, I remember seeing At that. The I'm Apple like, you're awesome. Conference, like a, a yeah. big deal, a life highlight for most people. Um, there's all these uh, amazing anecdotes from these, these articles that I was reading. So one goes, um, so they got, uh, so they got in, uh, he, him and his brothers. So he's got uh, brothers, Jack and his other Max. Max. And so they, uh, one of them started this company called Lattice. And like, you know, he had some phrase about what Lattice was doing. And, uh, and so uh, Sam invests in Asana, the, the a different company. And he writes this blog post about like, you know, just quickly, you know, the morning of kind of writes this, um, writes this blog post where he goes, uh, and he goes, he goes, he goes, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I invest in Asana because I think it's great. It's going to make people more productive because they do A, B, and C. And it turns out that A, B, and C were like the same marketing material that Jack, his brother, was using for Lattice. And so the article's talking about, it's like, Jack's like super pissed. He's like, dude, you just invested in them for the exact, you know, that's our mission statement. Why are you saying they do it? And Sam's like, oh, dude, like, I'm so, I, I totally, I must have just totally spaced. Like, I must have heard you say that so many times over the years that like, it just kind of became like a, a a set of words I know. I, I totally didn't intend that. Edit edits it, but Jack's mad. Calls the mom, and it's like you know, Sam did this, and they're and, and Sam's like, "Are you still mad at me or whatever?" And they're fighting, and then they're like, and then the the story goes like, uh, they're like, and then Jack looks over at a board game called Samurai that's on their bookshelf in their home, 
and says, you know, Sam won every single game of Samurai when we were kids and de- always declared himself the Samurai leader because he always has to win. He's always in charge of everything. And, says, and then says, uh, Sam Altman shot back. You want to play speed chess right now? <laughs> I, just, I read this and i was like that's literally like if chat i told chat gpt to like make up a story about like young silicon valley nerds who are comp- have a competitive streak you know like oh yeah, yeah it's called you alpha land you want to take this outside and play some speed chess and says he's a real man around here? <laughs> yeah that's alpha land in silicon valley yeah so i thought that was hilarious there's another one that i thought was a, a kind of an amazing thing so did you know that at some point he basically sold, what did he do? He sold, um, yeah, so he, the, the story goes, he decided to get rid of all his uh, you know, comforts except for four, uh, you know, three or four things. So he kept a four-bedroom house in San Francisco. He kept his cars because he loves cars. It was like you a know, McLaren. He, like he a loves really to race cars. He has, yeah. he has two McLarens and, and something else. He kept a property on Big Sur in case the, the world ends. And, um, and then he has a reserve of $10 million. And he's like, the, uh, the annual interest should cover my living expenses and I can just spend the rest of my money and the rest of my time trying to improve humanity. And so he's like, I just whittled it down to what are the things I really care about? Yeah. The essentials. And what do I need? The essentials, you know, my McLaren's <laughs> my $10 million, you know, whatever. And it sounds a little like trite. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, dude, like that's it. But in reality, like if you know people in Silicon Valley, like there's a never ending appetite for more, more fame, more money, more everything. Um, and I actually think that somebody who can sort of figure out, well, do just accruing these these money points doesn't do anything past a certain score. So what am I going to do with this money and my time to like make sure I use my you know my time on this this little blueberry called Earth to, to the best advantage, right? So I, I like that he had that. Another thing that he said about being a prepper that I think you'll like. Let me read this quote to you, um, dude. I think he like didn't he like wasn't he like saying you know in case there's like a pandemic or something like that, I want a place to go to. Exactly, exactly. So um, so somebody goes like. He, he goes up to these, there's a story. He goes up to these guys at this uh, conference or like whatever, at this hang, uh, meetup or whatever. He's like, so what do you guys do? And they're like, oh, we just kind of work and whatever. They're like, what do you do for fun? He goes, well, I like racing cars. I got five cars. I have two McLarens and old Tesla. Uh, I like to fly rented planes all around California. Oh, and uh, one weird one, I, I like to prep for survival. And they're like, survival? What? And he goes, he goes, yeah, I have a lot of friends that are constantly getting drunk and telling us, telling me about all the way that the world, all the ways that the world's going to end. And I read that this Dutch lab had modified the uh, H5N1 bird, bird flu virus five years ago, and it was super contagious. By the way, this is pre-pandemic, right? It's pre-COVID. So he goes, I read about the, this lab that was modifying this thing, making it really contagious. And I realized that the chance of a lethal, a lethal synthetic virus being released in the next 20 years was, well, non-zero. Non zero. That's such a that that. Whenever I hear that phrase, that that's like, oh, you either are smart or you're trying to be smart. Either way, you've got my attention. Dude, I have another one that when I was reading this, that I was like, he kept saying orders of magnitude. Orders of magnitude. I love I that. I just one. decided that that's going to be the name of my gang. And so if you want to <laughs> join my gang, it's called orders of magnitude. And we fuck shit up at levels that are 10x. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 10x the previous have, level. Dude, I'm going to have like the 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 subcommittee on that. We're going to call it parabolic or something like yeah. that. Like I'm just going to come up with like crazy names. Like, oh. You guys want to join the exponentials or not? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's the orders of magnitude versus that's the Crips and Bloods uh, <laughs> go against the exponentials. Um, so then he also says this before open AI. He goes, the other one is that that AI might you know get really powerful, it'll be used to attack us, and nations will use it. Um, and then people are getting. He goes, he goes, you know, I try not to think about it too much, but I have guns, gold, potassium iodide, antibiotics, batteries, water, a gas mask from the Israeli Defense Force, and a big patch of land in Big Sur that I can fly to if the world ever ends. Dude, that's <laughs> crazy. What a baller. There's also a story of him walking around with Brian Chesky. Brian Chesky was about to uh, pitch at YC, and this is Brian Chesky started Airbnb. Airbnb it was just getting going, and Brian was explaining the idea to Sam. He goes, yeah, 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 that's cool. I think it's great. Can I see your presentation? He shows him the presentation. He goes, yeah, I think we can make like $100 million a year doing this. He goes, Brian, do me a favor. Can you add a zero to every single number that you have up there? I need to see a billion in revenue, not a hundred million. He goes, change all your M's to B's. Yeah, change all your M's to B's, and uh, that that's that, that's actually going to no be my new small boy stuff, as we say. Sam, you Dude. just needed our phrase. No small boys. Change all your M's to B's. When I was fucking uh, mic drop. I used to work at this office and they took the exit signs. So you know the, how there's exit signs and uh, at offices like uh, above the door. They changed the exit sign to say uh, they like molded it in such a way. So it said IPO. 
So the exit was an IPO. So, oh, it's the IPO side, the exit side. Uh, and I always thought that was awesome. And we need a new sign that says change the, change the M's to B's. And uh, that's what he does, did with Brian Chesky when he was Fire like, Marshall would like a word, but yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, Only so, nerds will survive. Only nerds will get that joke. So he had another, um, he had another um, quote about that. The M's to B's thing. He goes, he goes, he goes, look, I listened to your whole presentation and uh, you need to change that. They're like, are you sure? And he goes, look, either you don't believe what you told me or I'm dumb and I didn't understand what you told me or I don't know math. One of those three is, is what's true here. Like either you're ashamed to say it, you don't believe it, or I'm dumb and I don't know math. <laughs> and I thought Dude, that's that, great. That's a pretty baller way to say things. Um, I want to read you some of the other uh, little like, you know, isms. Um, okay, let me give you some more. So uh, here's some like quick chat advice. So, so I'm pretty into my, my meme of the year is that, that what I call the midwit meme. Uh, I mean, you can throw this up if, uh, on YouTube so you can see it, but it's basically like, there's the dumb, the ignorant kind of beginner on one side. There's the Jedi yeah. master on the other. And every in between is the kind of sort of like stressor type A personality that's like overanalyzing everything. And my goal for the for the year slash life is to live life like either the dumb beginner or the Jedi master. It doesn't matter. They, they think the same way. Um, and so and, and not be the stressor, stressor achiever type A overanalyzer type person. And um, and I'm just seeing that meme everywhere. When I meet people, I just classify them instantaneously. So are they being right now? What do you think you've been historically? Um, I started off for sure as the dumb, the dumb troll. Like my first, my sushi restaurant startup that I thought was the greatest thing in the world. My next thing, yes. Uh, even just when I applied for my job and moved to Silicon Valley and got a job with a billionaire, like I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I was so dumb that I like my approach was correct. I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just reach out to the guy and I'll just send him a letter saying why, why I'm the right guy for the job. And then I'm not really going to apply for other jobs. I'm just going to prove to this guy, this is, I'm good at this job. And I just, that was my job search, right? Like I didn't do any of the traditional things. I just did what seemed like the dumb thing to do. But that would also be the Jedi move too, in that case. It's like, uh, you know, find the thing you really want and chase it with reckless abandon. Don't like just put a resume on 500 desks and see who calls you for the job. Um, so, Dude, so, you know. I, I'm still a mouth breather. I think I'm still pretty far left on that. <laughs> on that. <laughs> I'm still pretty stupid. So yeah, I'm glad. I do it from time to time. I, I'll often do it with my e-com biz. Like, um, Suli is my like kind of like mentor coach on that side. And I, th I feel like he's the Jedi guy. Uh, I know he's the Jedi guy because he's like, he says something about frameworks. He goes, everyone in Silicon Valley talks about frameworks. I don't know what a framework is. And um, at first I used to think maybe I'm too dumb. Like, should I learn this thing? I don't understand what everyone's talking about. And now I realize they're all dumb. <laughs> and I think like, he's 100% he's right. Like, uh, I'd be like, you know, hey, should we do influencer marketing for the brand? Blah, blah, blah. blah. He's like, remember I told you Facebook ads? Just write the word Facebook ads on your computer. And then every time you think about doing anything else besides Facebook ads, look at that sticky note again. That's hilarious. <laughs> and he'd be like, um, if you're going to call me and talk to me about another idea, you better have be doing 500,000 a month. And don't call me about another idea until Facebook ads has got you to 500,000 a month. And it's like the, the Jedi simplicity is something I uh, like, you know, revere now. So he had a few, um, a few Jedi quotes in this. I'm going to read you. He goes, uh, founders will come to me and be like, oh, you know, what if, what if um, you know, I'm worried about saying this to my investors because then they're going to think this, that might affect our Series B raise, blah, blah. He goes, just tell them. And then he goes, uh, people are worried about, uh, you know, you don't know how your customers are going to feel about this. Just ask them. Um, you're worried about competitors. Don't worry about them until they're beating you in the market. Um, and he's like, oh, you want to do these five things you're trying to decide? Like, just pick one and do it. Most people just simply do too many things, do a few things relentlessly. Another one, he goes, you need to every every year you need to think about how you're going to add one zero to what you're doing, but don't think beyond one zero. And I thought that's a good Jediism. It's like a way to think it big but without being kind of like just a delusional talker and like you know living in fantasy land. Um, so you had a bunch of those as I was reading this uh, that I thought was was pretty dope. Um, he's um he's great, man. He I always see pictures. There's that famous conference in Idaho, like the Sun Valley thing, and you'll see pictures the of Warren him. Buffett thing. Uh, oh, oh no, the rich guy one. The rich guy one. It's like we're like it's almost like a Davos, but or something like that. But it's like all like the who's who. I think it's mostly media though, which includes everyone. So like the Murdoch family and like the people who run CNN and and you see like you know uh, there's pre ex presidents there, and then you see Sam Altman and he's wearing like cool running sho shoes with like cool sunglasses and like his hair is all dishuffled. He is uh he's very he's a very interesting character. Sam Altman's cool. He's kind of been like 
uh, a little bit under the radar while he's been building his company. But he said something the other day. Uh, someone was like, we're really hyped about GPT-4. Can you tell us? He goes, all I can say is like people are setting themselves up for a lot of disappointment. I, have, I don't think we're going to live up to your expectations or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool response. Now, now I'm interested. Yeah, he goes with he goes with AI. There's people who think um, AI's changed the whole game and everything. Google search is dead. AI is going to change everything. GPT four is going to be like you know freaking uh, sentient and whatever. It's going to be amazing. He goes that's that's wrong. And people who think oh Chat GPT this thing's overrated. It's a big nothing burger. It's uh you know look it makes this mistake. It makes this mistake. It can you could trick it into saying this stupid thing. He goes they're also wrong. They're also being dumb, but in a different way. Uh, you know, they're being dumb because they're not realizing how fast this thing's going to improve. And the other guy's being dumb because they think it's already there, but it's not there yet. Uh, you know, the truth is like somewhere in the middle. And um, I just thought that was like a, you know, a much better like reply. Um, I also thought there was like a couple of kind of remarkable little things that I want to share as well. Things that I didn't know about Sam Altman. So that first fund that Peter Thiel gave him $21 million for uh, in, I think, three years or so. Um, Let's see. Three years or so, he, uh, the fund. Uh, no, four years, the fund was up 10x already. Um, so you know that's like what people want after like you know a 10 year period. And in in four years, he had done that. Um, the second thing was how did he do it? He made like pretty ridiculous bets. So he he was like, all right, if I want to if I want to help create like you know trillions of dollars of progress, that's going to come from science and technology, not just like the next random app. And so he's like, uh, all right, I got to invest in more science and technology. So he goes to, for he goes to Cruise, uh, which was a self-driving car company that eventually got bought by GM for a billion dollars. But at the time, nobody was funding Cruise. Nobody was funding self-driving cars. Um, it just seemed too hard. Like hardware seems like an obvious bet now, looking back, right? I mean, that team was now, like a plus. Completely non-obvious back then, and they were struggling. He puts three million dollars directly into that one company, <laughs> and the same thing with this three hundred seventy-five million dollar check. They're like the lady was like, most people can't write that big of a check. He goes, especially not into an extremely risky thing like nuclear fusion. And it's, it's completely right. Like that's going to be like, you know, a zero or massive. And he's writing massive checks into it. And he did this several times. He puts like millions of dollars into single bets that he like had conviction on. He then reflected on it. He goes, of all the biggest winners, um, uh, he goes, I looked at the five biggest winners that I have had in that early portfolio. He goes, four of the five, nobody wanted to fund. They were not oversubscribed. People generally thought they were bad ideas. In fact, I almost got talked out of doing them because smart people were telling me why these are bad ideas. Only one, optimizedly, was an idea everybody thought was a good idea that turned out and to be a good idea. It didn't even do that well, I think. Well, it did okay. I think optimizedly did go public, I think, in the end. So, you know, it did make it, but... Um, maybe maybe I'm wrong about that, but like... I thought it got bought by PE, but like it was... It compared to the other... Oh, no, it says they have a thousand employees. I'm wrong. Yeah, it must have been a hit. So so uh, the other ones, you know, Zenefits, uh, Cruise... Um, you know, things like that. Uh, basically, he was like Stripe. He's like at the time now Stripe's everything. But he's like at the time, it was 18 year old kids saying we're going to like work with banks and change the payments industry. And the everybody was like, these guys don't know what they're getting into, except for like, you know, a handful of people that believed in them. Same thing with Airbnb. He was an early investor in Airbnb. That was non-obvious. So he kind of got really into this like non-obvious but correct mentality, which is the the Peter Thiel like school of thought too. like um, he's like. The investments that didn't work out, people also told me those were bad ideas. <laughs> so it's not that all bad ideas are good ideas. It's that some bad ideas are actually great ideas and that that's where all the returns are. And so you need to be willing to go where it's unpopular. Which and is I so easy was. to like talk about. And it sounds like, oh, yeah, just do non-obvious things. Therefore, any bad idea I see I should invest in. I get so many bad ideas. And I think I would say, no, these are actually all bad ideas. That's such a challenging thing to figure out that's uh, that requires so much talent or skill. I don't know what it is, but it's really, really, really impressive and really hard because looking back Airbnb, that sounds, that sounds incredibly obvious, but uh, it's just crazy that he was able to pull that off. Yeah. It's insane. So anyways, that's a giant, you know, Sam Altman gasm, but uh, the guy's just really interesting. He's one of the more interesting characters I think that exists in the tech world. So, uh, so yeah, I like some of those quotes. I think, this was a 10 out of 10 pod, you know, so here's how I know it's a good pod. So it's a uh, 1230 in Texas where I'm recording this. Usually I go and take a nap till about two o'clock after we have a good pod. Um, I, I require I require sleep and rest. And that's how I feel after this pod. I'm like, I need to take a nap. And that's how I know it's good. <laughs> All right. Great. Glad to hear it.
Um, oh, and by the way, I'm going to uh, show my tax return on the YouTube channel. Go subscribe and then you'll see it. Go. My first million on YouTube. <laughs> go, go. If you want to see it, yeah. go subscribe. And if you find the glitch, uh, you might be able to see his uh, social security number. It's somewhere in there. <laughs> uh, 10 right, out of 10. It.